When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, real lifers. I cannot believe it has been one full year of the pandemic. It is just absolutely wild to think about. It feels like no time has passed, and it also feels like so much time has passed. I'm just trying to contextualize it. And I realize the thing I'm most grateful for throughout all of this is all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for reaching out, for sending DMs, for sharing this podcast with your friends. It just means so much to me. I feel like the community of people that I have met over the last year has been so incredible and so meaningful to me and has truly helped me through some really tough times, including the situation I'm currently going through with my fertility and my diminished ovarian reserve. Uh, So I am starting on cycle number four to see if we can get a few more eggs out to freeze and we'll see how it goes. Um, Some other news that's been breaking is J-Lo and A-Rod have apparently called off their engagement and broken up uh, over what happened with Madison LaCroix on Southern Charm. Of course, all of us who watch Bravo probably saw this coming. Uh, But then recently, I guess they came out, A-Rod and J-Lo, saying that, oh, actually, we're trying to work through it. We haven't officially broken up yet. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm sure it must be so embarrassing for JLo to be dragged into this mess. And in terms of other things I am loving, I hope you guys all check out the Bravo State of the Union, which is hosted by Dave Quinn every Friday night on Clubhouse. If you need an invite to Clubhouse, let me know. I think I have a few, uh, but be sure to ask your friends who are on it for invites. You need to have an iPhone in order to access the app. But it's so cool. It's like listening to a live podcast. It's just so fun. And Dave has so many amazing um, guests and hosts on and moderators, and they talk about all kinds of things. This past Friday, there was a conversation on race and racism and Bravo and 
all kinds of things that were just so interesting, um, including how Andy Cohen has addressed physical fights on Bravo uh, across different franchises. And has he been different when it's the women of New Jersey versus the women of Atlanta and, and things like that? It's absolutely fascinating. And I really love hearing from all of the people who speak on that. And then the other thing I am absolutely loving is this season of Summer House. I just feel like it's so real and it's so raw. It's people that are going through this pandemic the way we are, and you're not really reminded of it until someone comes to the house to deliver food and they put on the masks or until Carl leaves the house and then comes back and has to self-quarantine. So it is kind of an escape, but it's so interesting seeing them work and live together. And this dynamic that's been happening, I think Kyle called it sort of the Gen Z generation sort of versus millennial, although I think they're all technically millennials, um, is like over household chores and how some of the younger castmates never really seem to do their dishes or clean up or support any of that. And then there's also this divide between people who have sort of what you would call a regular office day job where they work kind of a nine to five, uh, often more um, in really sort of difficult careers like Danielle with finance and Kyle managing Loverboy. And then you've got someone like Hannah Burner and Paige who are able to sort of work at their own pace. And, you know, Hannah has the podcast and, you know, Paige works, does all of her work primarily on Instagram. And so it's just fascinating seeing all of that. And then there was this blow up between Kyle and Hannah, where he was just saying, you know, I really like to let loose on the weekends. I don't want to be told to turn down the volume when we're partying because the rest of the time I'm working so hard. And I think that's a really like valid point from, you know, coming from him. Um, but Hannah took it as like a slight at her not really working hard enough. And she was like, can we all stop judging over who works the hardest? And it's like, what? That's not even what he was saying. I don't know. I just, Hannah is just irking me this season. I mean, it's great television. There's a lot of conflict there. But I just find her very manipulative and how she's handling the situation with Luke and um, Des, who's now her fiance, and how they're sort of bringing him into the show. And I do feel like there was overlap, even if she says there wasn't. I know Carl has kind of called that out in interviews and said, you know, he would be burned at the stake if he had had two women he was involved with overlap um, on the show. So I, I do definitely see what, where Carl is coming from. And I have to say, I feel like not only is Amanda the voice of reason, but she seems like a really wonderful person. You know, she seems like such a good fiance to Kyle, such a good friend to Paige and Amanda and the others in the house. And I just think she's a really, I don't know, I'm a huge fan of, of Amanda Batula. And in general, I feel like this cast is made up of people who I think are good, decent people. And I don't know how often we see that in Bravo. I really think that at the end of the day, these people are kind and caring and compassionate and truly have friendships with one another, which was really obvious to see when everything went down with Carl and his brother's death. So I love Summer House. I can't get enough of it. I hope Winter House is just as lovely, but we'll have to wait and see how that goes. 
As I mentioned last week, I've finally consolidated all of my social media so that you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse at Mandy Slutsker. Please give me a follow and send me a message, and I love hearing from all of you. And if you haven't yet rated the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you go on Apple Podcasts and hit that five-star button and write a nice message. It means a lot to me, and it really helps this podcast out. All right, without further ado, we're going to have a chat with Kendrick Tucker from the podcast Me, You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2. He is so hilarious, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. Now, here is my chat with Kendrick. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Kendrick Tucker, who hosts the podcast Me, You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2. How's it going? Oh, God, it is good. I've been, like, waiting for this day. I always get excited when I... I feel like you're you're rational like me, so like you can be swayed sometimes. Easily. I like coming on people's po- oh, no. <laughs> I'm like one of those people I like coming on other people's podcasts and I'm I'm always open to them swaying me. So like I feel like we're gonna have fun talking about Teresa and Jackie. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I Teresa's harder for me to sway on, but I can be very mm-hmm. sympathetic. Right. Gotcha. Like I'm, I can I'm, be I'm, empathetic mm-hmm. to most housewives and like most of the people on these shows you know right. i think i'm probably the only person that felt like i knew where david was coming from dolores's boyfriend when he was being mean to her mm, about the plastic surgery yeah i was like well he's you know a doctor working in a pandemic Come yeah. on, guys. you know like <laughs> right could he have handled it better sure but i feel like there's so much that plays out in their relationship that we don't see on film because he hates to film exactly i'm 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 right with you there like why put yourself at more risk going into a hospital a hospital of all places right now mm-hmm. especially i like it's too much of a risk. Not not for a butt. Just wait till next summer when when the butt implants are flying <laughs> or whatever it was the the fat transfer. I don't know what I don't know how they're making butts nowadays. But however you're doing it, you can wait just like a couple of weeks or a couple of months and just I don't know. I'm I'm kind of team. I'm with you there. I'm kind of team David too. Team I, David. I understand. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> now the one person that I just can't sympathize with is Bethany Frankel. I'm sorry. I have an. I, is oh she a God. great housewife? Yes. Was she fantastic yes. on The Real Housewives of New York? For sure. Absolutely. But I took her side in Bethany versus Carol. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's a narcissist, just like most of these women are. Mm-hmm. And yes, she does amazing work, right, with charity, but she has to let you know. Right. That, you know what? <laughs> Oh my god, that's such a good point. Because like I literally said this week, I forgot who's because I was I don't know why I was so amped up this week after like the interview and everything. So like anytime somebody was posting either about like Bethany or Meghan Markle or anything, I was like I'm the person that like puts all caps in the comment section. I was just like, oh my god, Bethany was a great housewife, but she's a terrible person now. So I'm just like <laughs> going on all different kinds of rants all over social media right now. So I'm with you there. And I hate that when people, people that have to like tap you on your shoulder and be like, hey, I donated to charity today. It's like, okay, what what are we doing here right now? Like, are, did you need me to know or, 
is that like is your self-worth tied to me knowing that you do charity it's like it's like it is i don't care if right i don't care if you do charity if you have to talk down to as many women as you do that you've never met before like it's it's too much especially black women like i'm noticing a pattern here it is. And there, I love that, like, social media is just calling her out left and right. But then, of course, we got the typical housewives apology. Well, you know, if I offended you, if I did this, if I... I'm like, okay, can we just... Can all housewives across the board just drop the word if from your vocabulary? I promise you, all of your apologies would go over so much more, like, so much better if you just dropped that one word. I'm not saying you might have. I'm telling you... You offended me. Just drop the if. <laughs> Just drop it. Yeah. Good God. And, you know, she went in earlier this summer on WAP and like Cardi B yeah. and Megan Thee Stallion and like. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it just um, was reminiscent of like the early 2000s, late 1990s, mm-hmm. you know, Congress going after Eminem and stuff for right. the records. And I, I was like, haven't we gone past this? And then. Before that, like the early '90s, with um, was it I Dolores think like NWA Tucker? Like, and, yeah, going after NWA and, yep. and Tupac Shakur, and like, haven't we gone past this as society where if you right. don't like this form of art, you don't consume it, and you don't let your children consume it? Exactly. Like, I one of my favorite videos online is Cardi B dancing, like she's in her kitchen, and like the song, I think it's just like. Uh, had debuted like high on the charts, so she had the song playing in the background and dancing, and you can see her daughter like coming around the background. She's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" and she stops the song and basically <laughs> telling us like, "I'm parenting my daughter. You do the same. Like, I'm not the the parental figure in your household. Like, I love that. Just leave leave the rappers alone. Let them do what they want to do. I like that. I'm at the age now where I'm just like, okay, I almost don't care about like anything. If it makes me bop, I'm gonna bop along to it. Like, I'm not nearly as I, I feel like I used to be such a like a musical uh oh what's the word like a, a musical like teacher like no 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 don't do that don't do that I like this music don't be like that and I was such like a stickler but now I'm just like anything that'll make me like bop my head and like move my shoulders I'm okay with I don't even care anymore I'm just I'm, the bar is so low for me in terms of like being happy I'm just like <laughs> anything know. will make me happy I know I was like I swore I would never watch that kind of TV I swore I would never you know and it's like <laughs> everything that I said I wouldn't do during this pandemic has come exactly. true because you run I mean like I feel like I almost ran out of stuff to watch like I I'm already like a TV watcher because like I love like I consider myself like a movie buff so like I know like movies and shows and like all this stuff and like that's why I watch the award shows because like I want to see like genuinely that the shows I like get nominated for stuff and I felt like early in quarantine, I was like, oh, my God, there's so much to watch while I'm working from home and I'm going to do that. Like after a month, I was like, oh, God, I've literally watched everything on TV. And now I have to like dive into that. Now it's like, oh, let's see what the Tiger King is talking about. Who's that guy? (laughs) (laughs) And now you're like going through 
all the random stuff that everyone is like loving online. It's just like, oh God, how, how did we get here? <laughs> how did I, I arrive here? That's so funny what you said about award shows. I was on Donnie's podcast, Truly Anything, this um, past Love week. Love Donnie. <laughs> and uh, we were both talking about like, respectively, like why we enjoy award shows. And he was saying, you know, as a gay man, there's like a lot of representation in the Tonys. And I was mm-hmm. saying as a Jew, it was like such a big deal in my household growing up to watch the Oscars mm. because my parents would, you know, watch and they would basically just shout out, oh, he's Jewish. She's Jewish. The screenwriter, <laughs> Jewish. Director, <laughs> Jewish. Like, it was like, it was like the only time that you could count on there being Jews, you know? Cause <laughs> and my dad's like love- favorite thing is like if there's someone in the NFL who's Jewish, especially if it's oh. like, oh, his like father's mother you know twice like it's just like it doesn't matter how far like removed anybody, or, exactly you know, he discovered he's long lost whatever and he made a journey to israel like, right. <laughs> you know what i feel like that's like that's like black people's version of like you remember when Issa ray went on the uh the red carpet and they asked her like oh so who are you rooting for tonight and she like really didn't know any of the people she's like i'm I'm, I'm rooting for everybody black, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I feel like that's our version of that. It's like, well, I, I don't know who to root for, but I, I know her from that show. Go you. <laughs> right? It's so funny. It was just like, know. And, you know what, listeners out there, if you're black and if you're Jewish, tell us if this is true. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because apparently other Jewish people grew up in households where this happened. Now, Mm. my mom was very ahead of her time. She was a social worker, Mm. worked with children. She did not let us watch Woody Allen films. Oh. Even though he is Jewish, like a prominent Jewish, you know, director Uh, that everyone says, oh, this is like, you know, a New York Jew. He brings that kind of artsy thing. My Mm -hmm. mom was like, "Uh uh-uh. He definitely she molested knew. his daughter, and he <laughs> uh-huh. married the other one. Um, so have you been watching this documentary? Because I haven't started yet, but I've been hearing like, I don't, I'm, oh, I'm, a little, I'm a little apprehensive to jump into it, but I feel like I need to. I don't want to miss like the, the cultural moment because apparently there's like a whole docu series out right now, and I guess they're tapping into that. So I almost feel like I gotta kind of go back and kind of go on this journey because I think your mom obviously was right all along. So we Mm -hmm. need to, I need to figure out what was going on. Like I I feel like I'm an investigator. I need to figure out what's going on. Make sure the police are doing their job right now. It seems seems a little too dark for me. I think I'm going to skip on that one, but I will take everyone's word. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I'm that, I'm like the person that when I'm not watching like Bravo or Marvel or DC movies, I'm literally I'm only consuming true crime. So like, I'm like the exact opposite. Just like, I feel like I've almost become like so desensitized because I'm the one watching like forensic files and stuff, trying to figure out the murder before the police do on the show. Like I'm that person, like I'm so true crime obsessed. And I feel like that's so weird to say, I don't know why, but I feel like it's like being, I don't know. I feel like it feels like you're obsessed with like other people's, trauma and that's not the way it should be right but i don't know it's so weird to explain but i've always like felt guilty about it but i'm just like so obsessed with it all did you see Everything. that snl skit that they had about like yeah. the boyfriend leaves and she's on the couch watching murder movie or murder <laughs> stories and you know cult things and it- <laughs> uh-huh. that is literally 
I was like, I am not a woman, but I feel attacked. Like that is me right now. <laughs> that is absolutely me. Every Saturday night, that's what I want to do. I do not want to leave my house. Let me just watch my cult stuff, my murder mystery, and I'm good. <laughs> Give For me a little me, wine, I'm all right. <laughs> I've been going back in time and watching old Bravo or Housewives that I hadn't Ooh. seen before. So I watched the first two Ooh. seasons of Beverly Hills that I had never seen. The and I have been on a married to medicine journey. <gasps> oh, my. You know, that's like that's like music to my ears right there. Now, patient Dr. Jackie. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Like Hadley. i am so like that show i just like whenever somebody tells me that they're starting a journey i'm just like like i love that for you i'm so happy i'm like i'm like i'm so happy for you like i almost want to give you a gift for watching because i just feel like it's the one show that has just remained so consistent like season over season like you just enjoy every single one and so i'm always so happy when people tell me that they're like going on their journey i'm like Yes, thank God. You're you're on the train. Okay, good. <laughs> it's so good. And I know people have said it's been so good, but I've been so mm. reluctant to watch it because mm. um, you know, two of the women I know are OBGYNs and I'm dealing with like a fertility struggle and I mm-hmm. ju- did not want to watch like that aspect at all play mm-hmm. out in any show at all. So I've been mm-hmm. really hesitant for the last year and a half that, you know, everyone's been saying how great it is. And I know it's been on a lot longer, but, you know, <laughs> I was slow to get into all the other ones, too. You know, Southern right. Charm, I was super late, too. And Below Deck, I was late, too. Um, mm. So, but when I started, I was like, oh, my God, it is so good. And these women just, they live their lives out loud in a way yes. that's so much more authentic than I've seen mm-hmm. on Housewives. It doesn't seem like, oh, this season, this is my storyline. It just seems right. like they are being their most authentic selves. And then having their husbands on kind of mm-hmm. forces them to be as honest you know, as possible. Yes. It's it's really a cool, wonderful show. And I'm like, oh my God, they're wait, they have this in LA also. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like that's one of the things like you can always tell when a show comes on you know how people like they'll start off with oh yes you know i've known her for uh, a decade now or i've known her for so long that's one of the shows you can feel that they've been friends for so long it's just so authentic so genuine and the laughs like every i don't know about you but like every time simone laughs i laugh too like even if it's not funny her laugh is the most infectious thing on tv and i laugh Every single time she opens her mouth to laugh, like I just don't know what. Like the show is just so. Oh, it's 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 just so good. If you're not watching Married to Medicine, get on the train like right now. Oh, let, but let me ask you though. So you say you're in season three, three now. Three. So are you one of the people? Because like I'm always curious to know how people's minds work. Are you someone that will like watch the old season and then while the new one is airing, do you watch that too? No. Well, okay. Okay, because I wouldn't be able to do that either. I'm such a like when I started my summer house journey, everyone told me like, yeah, just just start at season three, you'll be okay. And I was like, I my body, my body won't allow me to do that. <laughs> like I <laughs> my <can't>, soul, <laughs> right? I cannot me do that <laughs> to get through those two seasons with the Workus right. twins and Steven. <laughs> oh, those Workuses! My God, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but I think. That Stephen McGee is very disappointed 
that he is no longer in Summer House and mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. chose the wrong side, kind of. Oh, absolutely. In, in that battle. And I don't think he's gotten over, even though it's been multiple years. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's still like, I'm going to make it on a show. Oh, oh God, Stephen! It's 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 probably over, man. It's, I don't know if you can come back from that. They were because I feel like now the conversation that like now that so many people have like watched it during quarantine, I feel like the conversation has become, you know, uh, yeah, the Workus twins were a lot, but like Stephen was low key like the puppet string pulling bully on the show. And a lot of people haven't realized it until like they've binged it now. And then it's like, okay, like you're, you're, you kind of, you're even more to handle than them, but you hide your hands a lot. So totally. um, we're on to you, Steve. We're on to you three years later, Steve. And we're on to you now. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, I was at watch what happens live back when it was in person Ooh. and they had a, a live audience and it, Tom and Katie were the guests and they were oh. like lovely. Um, mm-hmm. Tom and I had a mutual friend and Tom came by and was like, who's Mandy? And I was like, hi, oh my God. You know, <laughs> he was like so, so friendly, so nice. I've heard they're nice. A couple of people have told me that they're really nice in person. Like really, really nice. And I believe that. he's also yeah. extremely tall, which was shocking, like mm. way taller than you would think. Um, but Steven was there like he just walked into the clubhouse and then like went into their dressing room to say hi. Like he's sort of, you know, just I don't know, one of those Bravo liberties. We're like, we're all in this together. <laughs> right. And it's like you're not at the same level as them. Right. And you're like on a weekday. It was a Monday night. We're like just hanging out while we're filming Watch What Happens Live. It was just super weird. Yikes. And I was like, ooh, yikes. He's, he's, a, he's a thirsty little bitch. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I can definitely see that because he was, when he, his little tenure on the show, he was grasping for a lot of straws. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to make that connection i can't do it but oh okay i'll i'll let you have that i guess but now like three years later i'm like okay you suck you can i'm glad you're not on here anymore now that i'm watching in real time i couldn't handle you on this show so good riddance bye-bye well before we get into the housewives shows of this week what are your overall thoughts on this season of summer house kind of just big picture i'm i'm really enjoying it i it's hard Honestly, it's a, it's a little hard for me to watch it week to week because I've only known it as a binge show. And I feel like that's what's kind of that's always kind of hard for me when I do that. Like when I watch any show, like the first like two or three seasons and then like the new one premieres, I'm always like, oh, this is kind of slow. But like, it's really not. It's just that I've only known it to like crank through the entire thing in one day. So but I mean, I'm but even still, they've really managed to kind of you know explode at least once every episode to really kind of keep you hooked and then they're having like real life things with carl and his brother Mm -hmm. like so much so like i'm i'm really along for the ride and that mid-season trailer has like given me everything that i needed i i'm so i want to know because i've had a feeling this whole time because i feel like luke and carl have been pretending all season i'm like y'all do not like each other and i can see it 
I know for a f- I, like I'm I don't know what's gonna trigger it, but I was like, oh yeah, they definitely hate each other, and they're gonna get into an, an altercation at some point. And of course, mid season trailer drops, and boom, boom, they're fighting. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> but I'm re- I'm ready to see whatever the fight is about. I'm there. I'm ready to see what it is immediately, right now. <laughs> yeah, it feels like Carl and Kyle are real life buds, and mm-hmm. Luke was just like never accepted into that. And he became right. friends with like the women in the house instead mm-hmm. um, and just hasn't really bonded. And I, I don't really know. I feel like there's a lot of tension there, um, but I right. don't think Luke is aware of it. <laughs> right. You know what? That's that's super true. And you know what? I think that us as viewers have always known that like, OK, Luke, not Luke, uh, Carl, Kyle, Lindsay been there since the beginning they're the ones that are going to like kind of, you know, kiss the ring. You got to kiss the ring to be in. And I think that's why one Kyle has always hated Hannah <laughs> because Hannah is like, so like anti all of that. And just like such a, a free bird, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing on the show, I don't know. But you know, Hannah has always kind of been like the, the free spirit. You're not going to talk to me like that. I do what I want. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this. And Luke, in a way has always just been like the opposite, but still kind of the same. He's always been very like nonchalant about everything. And so that probably drives them crazy that like, sometimes I think Carl wants to get on his skin sometimes, but he just can't because Luke doesn't necessarily care. Like, I don't know if it's a, a thing, like, I don't know if that's like the, the TV personality he's given or if that's really him, but like, he doesn't seem to care a lot. And I think that drives Carl crazy too. And so I don't think they'll ever, mesh as friends yeah that'll be a little difficult i don't know but i'm excited to see how this descends into madness whenever it does i'll be i'll be front row for that whatever it is (laughs) me too okay (laughs) speaking of descending into madness let's get into this week's real housewives of atlanta because (laughs) and we don't need to recap we can just do some highlights i want to know what you think about the story breaking in page six. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm glad that a couple of other people on social media, like the people that we love on social media have all kind of said when, when this happened. So when they showed the episode, this happened and I was like, I could have sworn B Scott broke this story. He did. And that was my whole Thank you. I was like, okay, I could have sworn B. Scott broke the story. And then, of course, Kenya sits right down. No, I don't talk to page six. You know, if it's like a, a B. Scott or someone, then, yeah, that's probably me. So I'm like, oh, then you <laughs> you definitely leaked the story because I definitely remember B. Scott breaking the story. But I don't I don't know about anything because if I'm not mistaken, they were like still either in the house or leaving the house when the story broke, didn't it? When, like, it was sometime like in that I think it was... Something. A few days later. Okay. It was like last weekend, Mm -hmm. there was a a bachelorette party. So I didn't know Mm -hmm. who this blogger B. Scott was. I Mm -hmm. only found out through this rumor, right? And then it got picked up by some of the bigger tabloids, like page six, like a day or two later. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're all just repeating what they've heard, right? From the B. Scott blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whew. It's probably yeah. Kenya, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but even 
I just want to say, like, even when, like, if it wasn't B. Scott, my mind would have always said Kenya, no matter what. I definitely would have been like, no matter, I don't care if it was like CNN or the Washington Post that, like, broke this story. I would have been like, oh, yeah, Kenya, Kenya definitely leaked that story. Like, Kenya was acting the most, like, as as we're saying this season, the most auntie-ish about the whole season. (laughs) So (laughs) I definitely think that she was the one that broke that story. And now that we know that it was B. Scott that you're hearing it here first, people. Now that we know it was B. Scott that broke that story, I definitely, all my eyes are on Kenya. And the fact that LaToya and Cynthia have kind of confirmed it too, I'm like, yep, all roads lead to more manner. Yep. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I'm more interested in why she leaked it rather than like, was it her that leaked it? Do mm. you think that she leaked it to kind of keep a storyline going? because she's really good at mm-hmm. self-producing or do you think she did it to out or embarrass the women who were involved or both I think yeah I I think all of the above <laughs> I definitely think that <laughs> because I'm the person that's like watching the show and I'm like so you know us being like podcasters in this realm I'm definitely like I'm watching one as a fan and I'm like, oh, why are you why are you messing up the scene? You know, don't don't tell her business. Let them have their fun. But then the podcaster, Instagrammer, uh, behind the scenes producer me is like, oh, my God, keep going, Kenya. Find out the story. I want to know everything. I want to know every single thing that happened, who was in the room and all this kind of stuff. So I definitely think that she from the beginning has always known her role on this show whether she'll admit to being a villain or not she's always known what she she's known the role that she needs to play and the role that she does play so i think that when she got into it she was like okay this is definitely not going to be a secret i don't know how this season has been going but i'm definitely gonna get these ratings up if they've been low at this point so i i think she oh yeah she absolutely did it for that and plus in her mind, Portia was always there. So she was going to embarrass Portia. If that, that was just like the, the cherry on top of the cake. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to embarrass her and save this show from any kind of like negative ratings that we might get at some point. So it, definitely all of the above. Kenny's <laughs> just such a tragic character, though, because <laughs> like while she is, you know, this villain, I still feel bad for her. In many situations, like mm-hmm. I, I oscillate between like feeling sorry for her and being so frustrated with her, and then mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, but you know, like it's just back and forth, and yep. you know, especially while she was facetiming her dad, I was like, wait, your dad? You have a relationship with your dad? You keep saying that mm-hmm. you have no family. Oh, turns out you didn't invite your dad to your wedding. Well, no wonder you're not like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. like, I don't under, like, you're doing this to yourself. You know what? You it's know, one of those things where I always feel like I've, I've kind of realized when I do have sympathy for her, it's always something in relation to Mark. Cause Mark is such an asshole that it makes you sympathize with her. So it's like, Oh God, like the, you like, really you have a husband that wants alimony, but doesn't want custody of his child like that. That must be a blow. Like, I mean, good God. But then I'm I'm the exact same with you. I'm an oscillating fan. I'm just like, but I'm like, okay, you didn't invite anyone to this wedding. All these people barely know him. And now you're wanting advice on how to deal with him. But no one knows this man at all, like at all. So 
it's a lot. She, you're right. She does it to herself, but then I'm still kind of like, oh, sometimes. Right. <laughs> Which I know I shouldn't be, but this aw. wedding, <laughs> this marriage that she has is also so bizarre. And I'm mm-hmm. not married, so maybe I don't understand. But if I was married and my husband mm-hmm. was not living with me and was not help raising our child and was not right. supporting me financially, then. I would consider it basically not being married. <laughs> I would right. I would cut the cord. That's like an arrangement at that point, right? Like I don't know I, what it is. Like how do you even <laughs> file taxes jointly if you both right. make money in different states and don't talk to each other? Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it's it's all like taxes are most, hard enough, man. Like <laughs> right for for a single people out there, I can't imagine like you people who are married on different coasts of the like With multiple I, mortgages no. and you know. Right. So I just I don't know. I'm not sure what she's holding on for, and the only thing I can think of is that he's emotionally abusive towards her, and she doesn't feel mm. that she can leave. That because the mere fact, like I don't care how often, like she gets on watch what happens live and tries to like excuse it away. The stuff that he does is so manipulating. Like you're sitting there sending her playlists and songs the day before. And then, you know, you've already filed for divorce that she hasn't gotten yet. Like that's, that is like mental manipulation at its finest. Like Mark Daly, go to hell. Like I, there's no way other way to say it. Just like, get out of here. Like, uh, blah. <laughs> Also, he leaves such a bad taste in my mouth every time. What was he doing in New York City during a pandemic if his career is restaurants and everything was shut down? My question exactly. Like, why couldn't you be spending that time with your daughter? Exactly. I don't get it. Like, get in a rental car and drive down to Georgia. Right. And what's, what's even weirder to me and i feel like it doesn't really get addressed enough it's weird to me that he's never had a night with his daughter alone like kenya doesn't feel comfortable enough leaving her child with her husband like that says enough to me like if you if you if you don't even think the man would care for your daughter well enough it's been time to cut that cord like let's not even talk about the different houses we're just talking about the child at this point like there's that's way too much for me if i if yeah. What's the point of having you if you can't even help take care of the child you helped me make? Like, that's, uh-uh. Get um, out of here. <laughs> although it also is semi-concerning. I don't know how old she is when this is being filmed that she's never spent a, a night away from her daughter. Because that True. also is a level of attachment. Like, mm-hmm. at some point, you may need to travel for work and you may not be able to bring her at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, she has to keep on her schedule with, you know, whether it's daycare or preschool. You know, like, you can't just bring her with you as an accessory everywhere you go like sometimes you may need to leave her and i don't think she trusts anyone no i feel like all of that is like a direct like correlation between her and her mother's relationship i feel like it's almost like it's, it's like great as the relationship is with her in brooklyn i feel like it's almost overcompensating at a certain point to where you're just like, Oh, I I don't want to leave her. I want to be there anytime she needs me because your mom was like the most emotionally unavailable person ever. So it's almost like you're, you're way overcompensating for that. And at some point you gotta, I don't know, at least try to spend like a weekend without her because 
being there every single second. It's not only going to damage you, you like you won't be able to be away from her, but then Brooklyn won't be able to like feel safe if you're not around. And oh God, I, just, I like think about this is like the worst comparison, but I think about like my puppy like following me every <laughs> in every corner of this house. <laughs> And I'm just like, go over there for a moment. I know, just my like, dog calls me to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> Yes, oh my God. I'll like close the door to go in the restroom and I like open it up. She's laying right there just like looking at me when I come out. I'm like, all Waiting. right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, this is aggressively emotional right here. Like, and come I on. I think that's what Kenya wanted from LaToya also. Like she wanted yes. like a puppy dog. She wanted yes. someone to dote on her who was pretty. Mm-hmm you know, who, whatever. And then uh-huh. she got super jealous when LaToya yes. was letting loose and having fun with her, I guess, enemy. I don't know. Is Portia yeah, really her enemy? Arch nemesis. <laughs> no, arch, what is it? Arch nemesis. <laughs> nemesis. Yeah, I don't know what I just said. <laughs> I think, but I also feel like that might play a role into why she told B. Scott because she's like, okay, so now not only have you not only are you my enemy, you're my enemy that's stolen the person that I have a little bit of interest with. And you know, you all know I have interest in her. And plus Bolo, like, I don't know, I didn't get Bolo's attention really. So I feel like it's like one, two, three strikes. Kenya's like, okay, let me get B Scott on the phone and and give him some audio (laughs) footage or something. Cause it all, it all plays a factor. It all plays a role. (laughs) Now the Kenya and Drew dinner this week that was all producer driven, right? Like they both did not um, want to be there. Oh, that was like I I don't know if I was watching like Dream Girls on Broadway or like what was <laughs> happening because I don't know what was going on with all the singing, the vocal warming up and I was like, okay, y'all obviously just like don't mesh. And I think that Kenya's like the personality type that just wants to like, if she says like the issue is done, it's done. But like Drew's like, no, we're going to address this. And like, so I don't think they'll ever get to a place where they can just like coexist friendly. I feel like, oh, it's so bad to say, because I actually do. I really like Cynthia. I've always liked Cynthia like on the show. I've never really had a problem with her. She, but she like, Drew is more of a, a alpha. Whereas like, I think Cynthia kind of relies on a Nini slash Kenya type personality to, I don't know. I feel like people just like are drawn to certain things. And I feel like Drew is definitely not the type to like want to follow you around like a puppy. She just wants to be herself and then go back home to Ralph and argue with him. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, that was just a rough dinner where they're just like talking over each other. And mm-hmm. I think Drew just wanted to get to a point where Kenya could understand where Drew was coming from. Mm-hmm. But if she knew anything about Kenya, she would know Kenya cannot see other points of view unless Candy's right. explaining it. Right. Literally, if it's Candy or Cynthia, that is it. Anybody else? No. We are like in a courtroom and I have to win. I'm the prosecution and I have to win. Like your defense is not going to happen. She's not going to see your point of view. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Cynthia, she's planning for her pandemic wedding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the most anxiety Murphy I've gotten. <laughs> Chris Murphy's <laughs> doing recaps in Vulture and he calls it the pandemic wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. <laughs> 
Oh, man. I mean, and everything's going wrong. And she's all worried about what dress people are wearing. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, she doesn't have a prenup. And she's not like Uh, (laughs) some young person without any assets marrying another young person who they don't know what the hell they're doing. She has been married before and Mm -hmm. was (laughs) her husband basically bankrupted her. Right. Like you literally like now, not only they like one, you have a child Two, like, you know, if you if you have all this stuff, you want to leave it to someone. You have a child that you can leave it to. Two, you have so many businesses and endorsements and uh, and this huge uh, real housewives check that you get. I think she gets over two million a season. So it's what? Uh, it's, it's, that yeah, can't the be Atlanta, real. Oh, the Atlanta, the Atlanta <gasps> girls get so much money every season. It's wow. it's insane. Like Candy, I I remember I forgot who I was listening to, but someone uh, is like close friends with Candy, and she told them she was like, I don't know any other job. She's like, I couldn't, I could never see myself quitting the Housewives because I don't know any other job where I get paid two or three million dollars a year just to go eat lunch with people. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you know what? That's a great point. <laughs> I would hold on to that check as much as I could too. But they get the yeah, it's 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 crazy money down there and like Cynthia, all right now, dude, be careful. <laughs> I don't know about this whole this whole posting up craze. I'm not I'm not a fan of. Wait, it's a craze. I can tell you, yeah, apparently because like so many people, like I feel like I watch so many shows now where people are like, yeah, we'll just we'll do a posting up at some point and we'll we'll figure it all out because they're too afraid to do the prenup and ruin the wedding basically. And I'm just like, that's no, <laughs> no. I'm so confused though, because what what would you get out of a post snap? Like, what? How is it different? It's so cra- so. Like, apparently, they say that like you don't have to worry about it beforehand, but then once you're actually married, you can like talk it out, and it's basically it's the exact same process, but it just happens after the wedding instead of beforehand but that's i feel like that's so risky because now that you're married to the person it's like well no i changed my wine i do want the boat and it's like okay you're not getting my <laughs> boat, boat. <laughs> it's like i don't need because like i'm just, i don't know why i said boat she's like I, I think like i always assume like she lives on a lake so i'm like oh she's got boats and uh, probably not though <laughs> i don't know it's just like i don't if you're not doing it beforehand, it almost doesn't make sense to even try to do it afterwards. Just get the prenup, have the, the, the uncomfortable conversation and move on. Oh, God. <laughs> right. And I don't think Mike Hill would put up like he probably should have one, too. He has children. Right. You know, children. He's on a TV. He's like on a few different TV shows, I think, too, and has a book deal like he's written up, you know, like you both have money. Like you should just clean slate, just like go in like, OK, if we ever get divorced. I keep what's mine. You keep what's yours. Let's go our separate ways. Totally. I can't do it. <laughs> um, I was laughing so hard at Marlo's kind of reason for getting all the women together at the end of the episode. Like a pumpkin pat. Like what was it? Right. It was so bizarre. No like idea. a fall festival, a hayride. Meanwhile, <laughs> Portia gets lost, which was one of the most relatable things I've ever seen on this show. Yes. Like- <laughs> oh, my God. I loved every minute of this. She's like, oh, my God, I'm driving. I passed by Zamunda. I went by Oz. I went by Narnia, Acapulco. I'm just like, oh, God. I'm literally that person. I've lived in this city for I don't know how long. 
no matter where I go, I turn on my Google Maps because I don't trust me. <laughs> I don't trust me at all. Uh, you, I'm not the person you can just tell, oh, just go down this street and then, you know, you'll see the McDonald's turn there and then make a left. I'm like, no, I will definitely get lost in my neighborhood. So I'm going to I need your address to put into Google Maps. I can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> Is it a common thing in Atlanta to like do full things like pumpkin patches? Like it doesn't feel like a particularly <laughs> no. southern like it doesn't get cold. It doesn't feel like fall in Atlanta right. during the time in which there are pumpkins. I, I so you're not alone in that because I literally, as I was watching, I live in Memphis. So like as I was watching it, I was like a pumpkin patch. I was just like literally like, hmm, like that's like if I saw that on like you know New York or you know somewhere else yeah. I'd be like okay makes sense but I was like a pumpkin patch and for some reason Marlo actually doing the pumpkin patch was 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 really weird to me like I can see like I don't know it feels like something that like Cynthia would like pull out of her hat or something like oh let's go to a you know I got this little pumpkin patch we're gonna have some drinks and yada yada Marlo I'm like Marlo a pumpkin patch like none of them this whole episode nothing made sense Kenya and Drew shouldn't have gone to dinner together Marlo shouldn't have thrown a pumpkin patch they shouldn't have made Portia leave her house to drive an hour and a half out of the way and then drive all the way back like it's just like nothing made sense who even knows what we're doing right now and then it ends with Kenya and therapy right oh god it I will say all though, over the place. I know. I, I will say I'm actually <laughs> I'm happy that we're watching a show in Atlanta where the therapist isn't Dr. Jeff, because I feel like Dr. Jeff is like no matter what show it is, love and hip hop, uh Braxton Family Values, the housewife, it is always Dr. Jeff or Dr. Sherry. I'm like, oh like are y'all the only two people that like practice medicine there? What's going on? Like Call Quad's husband, Dr. Greg, or something <laughs> like <laughs> Like, there are other options besides them. So seeing a whole other person, I was like, okay, I'm, this is I'm a invested in this Dr. Scene. Christie. Although, I mean, I know when you're doing therapy, you spend a lot of time listening and taking notes and stuff. And I don't know when mm. it's appropriate to speak with, like, or right. interrupt. But when Kenya was talking about when she was... Um, 15 years old and she was dating a man that was 11 years older than her I was uh, like that's like that man was a pedophile right like you that were a like, child right. oh my god like I, if I I mean I've never been trained in therapy but like I would be like you know maybe that's something to unpack like that shouldn't have happened to you right like that should it, not it that relationship like should over. not have happened right you and know it seemed like uh, it, that was a lot because I didn't know I don't I don't think she's talked about that before has she? Never, I've never heard it. That I don't. That's a lot. Like, and I feel like they almost kind of glazed over it because it's like it's probably a lot more common than like we would think. And so like them hearing it, it's like oh, okay, so you're you know you're a victim of of that like of uh, basically uh, sexual abuse is what I call it. You're, yeah, you're a, uh, a victim of sexual abuse and. You know, that happened to you, but it's almost like, okay, we need to kind of stop and, like you said, unpack that because that's that's a lot to deal with. Like, I I feel like that's playing, like, that's affecting your body, your mind, your soul. Like, that's affecting every 
bit of you and it's going to affect how you view men in the future when you're not even a full adult having a grown relationship with a grown man like oh god so thank thank god for for not dr jeff being there to help her unpack all of this so crazy and Mm -hmm. i mean i don't want to just jump into new jersey but it did remind me a little bit of like how marge opened up about an uncomfortable um, situation with her boss when she was in her twenties and they all just kind of like moved on from it. Like, I don't know. I felt like they could have spent a little more time and had more reactions other than Jennifer's. (laughs) And you know what? The, the way they edited that scene, I was watching and I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to be like Marge's humor or if this is supposed to be like her, like, confiding in us like saying like i've been a victim of this because it, it was I her confiding like, that's i was gonna say because that's how i took it but then like the way everyone reacted at the table it was like the scene was supposed to be a joke and i'm like that i don't that shouldn't be a joke right like what is happening right now so i don't know it's, it's they almost should have just left like jennifer's because you know jennifer is like one of my i love jennifer in new jersey they should have almost just left that part out and just let Marge like have that moment and actually like talked about it as a group because I don't, but then you know what, maybe that would have actually happened. Like if a Jackie was there, you know, like kind of that like voice of is, do we consider Jackie a voice of reason? I guess I do. Is she, yeah. Okay. I, I feel if maybe if like that voice of reason was there, that conversation would have been fleshed out a lot, but I don't know if a, a Jennifer and a Teresa at the table, I don't know if it was taken nearly as seriously as it should have been. So yeah. Who knows? Well, do you want to jump into Dallas or do you want to jump right into Jersey? Ooh, oh God. I'm I've been having strong emotions about both. So I let's do I'll Dallas. Choose... Because okay. I think you're one of the few people that I've spoken with that is really truly enjoying this season. <laughs> like you think it is a good season. I so sell me on why. Let me, I know. I'm like, I have to I have to put my disclaimer out there. I say that like any season that like gives me like because like I, I tune in every week to like for the purpose of hating like most of the cast okay and so like i feel like emotionally it's like brought it out of me because i feel like there hasn't like sometimes dallas i just watch because i'm a housewives watcher mm-hmm. and so like, it kind of feels like i'm on autopilot but this one i'm like very invested in because i'm like okay Y'all are being absolutely ridiculous. Y'all are finding stuff to pick at. She's done nothing to you. I'm just like having all of these like these outward and inward emotions watching this show. And so I'm like, I haven't had this watching Dallas before. Like the closest thing was like their season two. Their season two was incredible. But then like all the other ones were, you know, nah. They were like, yeah, they're all right. They're all right to me. I'm watching. I like the people. Okay, whatever. But this one, I'm having like an aggressive reaction to like a physical, like body shaking, like, shut up. Stop saying that. Stop it. I hate all of this, like kind of reaction watching this show. So that's what I mean. Not a, not a, an Emmy award winning season by any means, like, you know, but <laughs> I get <laughs> so a, frustrated you know. feeling frustrated. Like, yes. I don't like to feel frustrated. I like to feel conflicted. Mm-hmm. I like to be like, oh, I can see that point of view. Oh, I could see gotcha. that. Like, I like to, like, be kind of pulled and which is why I like married mm. to medicine because there's so many different sides and, you right. know, ways to view things. But with this, I don't know how 
almost any reasonable person could watch the season of The Real Housewives of Dallas and not feel for Dr. Tiffany Moon. Right. Like, I, I feel like they're, <laughs> it's like good and evil almost. It's just like, you know, you know, you should be on Tiffany's side if you're watching this. Like, if you're on the other side, who raised you? Like, I don't know. I'm just like, what, what are you doing in life if you're on the other side? Like, I don't, there's, oh God, each one of the characters gives me different reasons to like, just shake my head like i'm tired of celebrating carrie's birthday i'm tired of (laughs) cam making everything about her i'm tired of brandy thinking that she's the victim in every situation when newsflash you're definitely not (laughs) and i'm just like stephanie gets the perfect edit every season and it's kind of that's almost tiring to me too so i'm just watching like okay tiffany be beyonce and like I'm just like there we go. Just be my Beyonce on this show and 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 give me something to to talk about. I don't know, God. And <laughs> like who among us has not gotten to their breaking point before, right? Right. Like especially over the last year. So to see right. and to hear her explanation of like I hit the cold water and that was it. Like that right. was my breaking point. I'm like okay. We all have get a different it. place <laughs> where our breaking point is. You know? I'm like, I totally get right. Mine is sitting at my desk at work and I get that email and I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. Hers is hitting the cold water in Austin, Texas. Gotcha. I did, it, it, it's what we call a spectrum. <laughs> I, I can see it. There we go. It's just, and that dinner, and I, I don't think... Like the way it was edited to us made it seem like mm-hmm. everyone was quiet and listening to their conversation. But I actually think Deandra wasn't fully listening to the whole conversation because she asked a question mm. later on about it. So I actually mm. think there was some other chatter at the table. You know, I think gotcha. they were listening to part of it, but not the whole thing and didn't really mm-hmm. like piece it all together. Whereas, you know, the way we viewed it as the viewers was like this awful situation where Brandy brought up and just wouldn't let go how she didn't feel like she could be herself around Tiffany and gave no reason as to why she couldn't be herself. So the only reason you can think of is because Tiffany's Asian. Right. It's literally because I'm the way that like, I, cause I always, I'm one of those people that, uh, only in this realm though, like, so the stuff that I cover on like the podcast or like the stuff that we're talking about, Every now and then I have to like a, a episode will make me feel like, OK, let me get on social media and make sure that I'm not the only person that feels this way. And so, like, that was one of the things that made me feel that. So, like, I got on social media and I saw everyone saying, like, OK, so is Brandy saying that she doesn't she can't relate to Tiffany because she can't be racist in front of her or like what what's the situation so it seems like everyone was confused about that moment like what are you exactly saying to her like are you saying that you can't be your authentic self and if that's the case what is your authentic self that you can't be in front of tiffany like i we're not getting i'm we're not getting all of that we need you to flesh that out a little bit for us i think some of it Some of it's obviously the Asian stuff, but some of it is also like she has a really silly, very juvenile sense of humor. And Tiffany like isn't going to laugh at something that's not funny. So like if she's doing something, if Brandy's doing something that's really immature and Mm -hmm. silly and dumb and Brandy's not 
and and Tiffany's not laughing, Brandy feels judged. And it's like, no, you're right. just not funny. Like, Do you think she's coming back after the season? Brandy? I, yeah. I think it would be difficult to see her coming back, especially now that she has four kids. And yeah. I think she's really uh, shown how sensitive she is to uh-huh. social media, which I actually think is the most relatable thing about Brandy and yeah. how she can't handle it. Like, I don't think most people can. And right. And it, I think it broke her down, and I think mm-hmm. she's broken from it. Right. I can definitely, that's what I keep like going back and forth because, on one hand, I'm like, Stephanie's probably going to like pull her back and like make her come back and, you know, make her see all the good that she can do, like being on the show and stuff like that. But then if I were Brandy, I'd, I'd definitely, because I couldn't imagine like, even like a random like someone like critique like one of our podcasts or something. I'm like, all right, going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go end it all. See you guys. <laughs> I <laughs> so know. I couldn't imagine. I'm like, sensitive a too. Ton of right. And then there's this horrible rumor going around that her husband had an affair and then they adopted the baby. And that's just right. like there's just no need for that kind of a rumor. Like if you don't have mm. receipts, and even if you do, like some things shouldn't right. be involving children you know involving right. really yeah. little children and so if i were her i would be like screw screw all of this at right. the same time i i know she went to treatment but the treatment was for her and her mental health it wasn't to really help her understand what she did wrong right right and so mm-hmm. i don't know if there's anyone that's been there to tell her you know, when she's saying, oh, I don't know how if I, I can act, if I can say that. Like, so what you're feeling right now, Brandy, is what mm-hmm. black people and other minorities feel all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, they're always thinking about what they say and what they joke about mm-hmm. before it comes out of their mouth. Like, right, all the time. So right. imagine how exhausted you feel right now. Imagine if your whole life you had to think through everything you did. Right. It's so like, and she, we like see on the show, everyone that's around her is the type that's like, no, no, no. We know the kind of person you are. You're a great person. Don't worry about everything else. But like, no one is saying like, you know, you had an effed up moment. Think about this. Think about that. This is why I was wrong. This is why, or how you should be addressing this. She doesn't have anyone like that in her corner. So it's just like, you could do some good from getting off this show and then like, really kind of diving into all the different avenues of where the situation could have gone. And like, because I feel like you've really kind of gotten off easy because like Tiffany gave you all of the grace in the world, yep. like all of the grace. So you, you really were handed like a, what's the word? You were handed like a, a truce on a silver platter almost. And because, you know, people, some people cannot differentiate between like, Tiffany accepting her apology and like the entire Asian community accepting her apology. And so they would have been watching the show like, oh, wow, you know, well, Tiffany forgave her. So I guess I should, too. Well, not really how it works, but you could have definitely like used the friendship with her and mend. You know, you could have used that and like learned so many different things about the way you come across, the way you're joking about things, how to apologize for certain situations, but all missed opportunities. I mean, I think she really did apologize, and I think her apology was very sincere, Mm. but she didn't seem to take it the next step to really Mm -hmm. learn more about the pain that 
Asian Americans go through and right. you know the history of like the internment camps and mm-hmm. you know like there's so much there and she could have been like you know Tiffany I would love to like go to lunch one-on-one with you like pick a restaurant that you feel like that you want to like show me some new foods like I want to learn I want to be part of it tell me more about your history what was it like growing up in China do you remember it Mm -hmm. do you not remember what parts of Chinese culture did your parents like bring into the home you know Mm -hmm. we're hearing about a lot of superficial things like oh you don't wear your shoes and that kind of thing but like what are some of the other bigger you know pieces and and Tiffany is sharing it with us the viewers in her confessionals Mm -hmm. explaining a lot about her childhood about her parents and the pressure they put on her but I think it would mean a lot for Brandy to be able to hear it. But she has already judged Tiffany. She's decided Tiffany is boring because Tiffany doesn't get piss-ass drunk every time they (laughs) hang out. Meanwhile, Brandy is pregnant throughout all of this. And no one says anything because she doesn't know at that moment Mm -hmm. that she's pregnant. And that happens to a lot of women, right? Women drink whatever they find out they're three months, four months pregnant, and everything ends up like totally fine and dandy. Right. But it'll be interesting to see when in the the season, if at all, she does find out she's pregnant. (laughs) She's been like (laughs) knocking back Patron the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. That's like, it's that moment you just spoke about too, I literally was like, that scene between her and, uh, oh, what's her husband's name? Is it Brian? Mm -hmm. Uh, That scene between those two could have been just like, it could have really helped Brandy with like how the audience sees her. But then she just had to go, you know, he's saying, well, you know, why don't you go out with her one day and just like you two one-on-one and figure out what's disconnecting. She, oh, you know, she's so boring. And like, it's like, oh, you you shoot yourself in the foot every single time. Like you literally, the universe keeps handing you all of these like uh, get out of jail free cars and you've like thrown every single one of them out of the door. Like if you just would actually sit with Tiffany and like take her perspective on why everything was wrong. Because the issue... I think that they're both issues, but like the bigger issue in the situation wasn't the fact that like she made the video because she could have apologized for that. It was the fact that she doubled down on it the first time and didn't apologize for it. She was like, nope, that's my sense of humor. Until everyone was like, okay, you're you're being ridiculous, because I think people have a little bit more grace when it's something like in the past that someone can apologize for and learn from and move forward. But the fact that you in your present life doubled down on that oh boy it's just like what what are we doing here (laughs) like what what are we gaining from this at all i think it's a really common defense tactic though like people most people i think that go through Mm -hmm. something like that their initial reaction is to defend themselves and to double down but mm-hmm. if you have really good PR and people around you, they prevent you from releasing any comment on social media. So then you don't see it amongst some people. <laughs> but I think it's a very human thing to want right. to defend your own actions, even if they're mm-hmm. not defensible. Right. I think she was afraid of uh, what what they all refer to as cancel culture. I think mm-hmm. that she was afraid that like she was going to be the next victim. When really, but I don't think a lot of celebrities know the difference between wanting to hold someone accountable and cancel culture. So if she would have just like taken a moment and 
not reacted on the spot. She really could have come out of this and actually learned from the situation. And then I don't think the viewers would have had as bad of a taste in their mouth for her that they do now. If that makes sense. For me, it's actually watching this season that's given me a bad taste. I've never had like an issue with Brandy. Mm-hmm. Even when she doubled down, I was like, she'll figure it out. Like people are gonna right. people are gonna hold her accountable, whether mm-hmm. it be at the network, whether it be, you know, social media. I felt terrible mm-hmm. when she said that she became suicidal. I think that right. because that, there are people who, you know, aren't interested in accountability. They just want to, you know, DM people to kill themselves because, right. And that happens a lot. So just because someone Mm -hmm. makes a mistake doesn't mean they should receive that kind of threat. That doesn't help build an inclusive space for all of us. Right. Like it's not like getting us towards where we want to be. So I was like, I appreciated the conversation that she had with Tiffany. And if they would have Mm -hmm. built something on that, I would have had so much more respect for Brandy. Right. But she just wrote off Tiffany as being boring. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, all these women, nothing in their life is interesting. And they call Tiffany boring. (laughs) Like, and she's working as a Mm -hmm. doctor during a pandemic and they never ask her questions about it. I mean, they've all been bit right. under the knife for all their stupid plastic surgery. They had to have an anesthesiologist. Don't you think they have some questions? I would have right. questions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, no one even thought to, like, just ask her how her day was. Have you been going through this or that? Oh, I read in the news this. Is that affecting your hospital? Like, none of that. But we're supposed to, like, oh, God, we're supposed to care about, like, the plight of cam's dog getting trained and like something Fancy. that people go through, right <laughs> something people go through every single day it's like okay that's something what are that, we doing? Like, that i'm able to immediately recall cam's dog <laughs> the, the dog's name like what is wrong with me i can't remember what i ate yesterday for dinner and i remember cam's dog <laughs> right it's it's the life we live i know <laughs> the life we've chosen <laughs> um what else? Oh, I had a question for you. So during mm-hmm. the scene where Carrie brought her daughter Olivia to meet with Stephanie and talk about anxiety and depression, yes. I'm thinking that Olivia is filming with Carrie to replace Carrie's husband because the way that oh. Gia kind of steps in for Teresa, mm-hmm. because we have not seen Carrie's husband this entire time and all the other husbands mm-hmm. are filming, all of them. It's been so like every time we see him, it's been like something like you know those like little mini scenes that they do between like Once. the actual scenes, right? Once. It was like one quick time, and literally that's it. I think that he had such a bad taste in his mouth after last season that he was like, "Uh, uh-uh, not doing that again." And so, I probably thankfully for Carrie, her daughter stepped up because I'm assuming that if the husband or the kids won't film, then. You know, we've seen it so many times before, like sudden on uh, Jen, Jen on yeah, Dallas Jen, that we mm-hmm. we don't even know anything about her. I don't nothing. know her last name. I don't know if she's a real redhead. <laughs> I know nothing about right. her. <laughs> nothing. That bitch is and a mystery. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we, it's it's literally like I feel like she probably knowing Carrie though. Carrie probably like called her like okay. You got to come back from California because dad is tripping and we got to we got to keep this uh, 
this Bravo money coming in. So mm-hmm. come on and uh, let's make this change. Let's do what we got to do to stay on TV. Olivia's father. That's her stepfather. Is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So Carrie was married and she had, I believe, two children. And then I believe she remarried and then That's had right. two more children, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it is four total. Yeah, it's yeah. It's four total. I don't know what the split is. But I think the older think ones right are from that. her first marriage. That's why I completely see. Last season, I was tuning her out so much that I probably <laughs> glazed right over that. Yeah, she's oh. not the most likable. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I didn't realize that until this season. Because like, it's one of those things where like the person that's the actual like terrible one on the show takes up so much space that you don't realize how many other terrible people there are <laughs> in the <midst. laughs> And it was one of those situations. And now, like, I'm realizing this season, I'm like, oh, all of y'all are pretty bad, huh? <laughs> like, oh, this is, yeah. Like, the fact that Deandra is, like, the hero in Dallas, it's like, what has happened? Like, this is... This is <laughs> and Jeremy? One- right. The, 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 the king who came to save us all... <laughs> <laughs> It's like I don't know what's happened, but I I don't know if I'm questioning it or liking. It. I don't know what I don't I I don't know. I'm just here for the ride. I mean, I was here for that moment between Mama D and Deandra this this episode. That was the highlight of it for me, where she oh yes just laid into these other women and how they don't understand and how they don't have jobs and that their stress level and Deandra's stress level isn't the same thing as Tiffany's stress right. level. I love that she just comes through like her sole like purpose on the show is just to come through, throw some shade and then like get out like as quick as possible. She's just like anybody in the path can get it and then they get it. And then Mama D is gone back to her uh, retirement, wonderful life that she's living. (laughs) (laughs) Going on about her business. I like Mama D. She is just something else. And there's so much like history to her about why she does what she does. Like she had cancer Mm -hmm. and it was almost... I mean, she almost died from it, and Mm -hmm. she devoted her life to understanding nutrition and supplements and all that kind of stuff, and her original, like, she made so much money off of this, like, green drink, which does Mm -hmm. have a lot of minerals and nutrients and whatever, and she believed that, you know, having certain nutrition while she had cancer helped her, so, like, thinking of someone who's had cancer and who spent a lot of time in hospitals, like she's probably thinking of the doctors that treated her and the stress that they're right. under as, as a patient, you know? Right. It's so. uh, like kudos to her. Kudos. First of all, kudos to Deandra for wanting to actually take that over because I didn't, I'm still so confused as to like how the business is doing, but it seems like mama D got out of like at the perfect time and had like, saved perfectly and all kind of stuff so i don't know what the fact that she can write like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar check just like on a whim i'm like okay okay ramona singer okay <laughs> and di- can dip in that bank account okay <laughs> but i do i love it. mama d is definitely one of like one of the reasons to tune in sometimes and she's not i don't know what i love about her is that she's not trying to be a caricature of herself. I was worried that she Mm -hmm. would become a caricature of herself, sort of how Dorinda sort of became, like, clip, clip. And you're like, okay, it was funny when you did it. It's not funny when you repeat it. Right. And when you try and brand it and make money off of it, like, that's not as cute. Um, But Mama D is just, 
totally authentically herself. Oh, absolutely. Like she, she's the one that's going to tell it to you exactly how you probably don't want to hear it, but need to hear it instead. <laughs> like that's the kind of the kind that everyone needs. Definitely. Well, shall we dip into Jersey? Ooh, I think so. <laughs> oh, I love. Okay, so whereas on Dallas we can't stand most of these women, on Jersey I love them. Like I, mean, I like, think each one of these women brings something to the show that is meaningful, uh-huh. and the men too. Oh, absolutely! You know, I've been pushing for that spinoff for years now. <laughs> like, I we, love just like a, a three-episode something, like them going to Vegas for the weekend. Yes. Like, give, give the fans what they want. <laughs> I'm all for it. What would you call it? Oh God, uh, the uh, Frankie and the crew take Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or the Hangover Part Four, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so all for funny. it. That's I, amazing. I, I feel like give the fans what they want because I feel like the fans have been pushing for this for so long now. Like the mo- literally the most likable side characters like on TV. They are. And so like Joe Garga and Frank seem like they always have been friends and always would have been friends. But what's mm-hmm. interesting is all the other husbands who don't necessarily like, fit in with those two, but fit in as a group. Specifically, right. Bill Aiden. Like, <laughs> right? I, and you know what? For some reason, I love the fact that he hangs out with them all like as often as he does. I don't know why, but like when they get him like obliterated drunk, it's, it's my favorite so thing on TV. Funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it all the time. It's like when I love. I love like watching Marathon Medicine and like those doctors like actually getting drunk. Sometimes, like it's good to see people that make high five like five what is it half six figures actually letting one loose and like you know it's good to know that y'all aren't buttoned up all the time i love seeing her let loose right and he just has like a totally different background like they're Mm -hmm. turkish and they have this whatever and it's just so fun to see him chilling with then evan who's jewish and like it's just Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a fun fun dynamic like motley crew i enjoy it (laughs) my question is i'm wondering the next season that comes, I'm wondering if they're going to try to throw Teresa's guy in the mix at all, or if he's going to kind of stay in the background until a little wedding ring or something. I don't know. I'm sure he's going to film, but I don't know if mm-hmm. he'll get on with all the, well, maybe as if Joe mm. likes him, Joe will force him to get along with everyone, you know? Cause I'm sure I'm, I'm wondering like they, they seem like they keep their circle so tight. I'm, do they know each other? Do you remember? Her current boyfriend and Joe Gorg, I'm assuming they all grew up together. Like, <laughs> that seems to be like the thing in Jersey. I actually have no idea. I don't know much about this current guy. Right. I'm just going to so we're, we're going to assume that he was an old child. The guy friend. who I'm was the sure. old friend was the pool guy that Tony, mm-hmm. that they, she called him or something. They were, they were yeah. chit chatting during this episode, but he, I think uh-huh. he's an old friend and I think he has a girlfriend or something or a wife or something. Right, right, yeah. right. He's just thirst trapping on the gram. For every yep. now and then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good for him. Good for him. Right. If I had the body, good God. <laughs> oh my gosh. So in this episode, Jennifer, um, opens up to Melissa that the realtor Michelle said that Joe Gorga owes her husband tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. 
Huh. I was proud of your girl Jennifer for just going straight to the source. The drama will still unfold. She didn't need of to course. tell anyone yeah. other than, you know, Dolores and then go straight to Melissa. Right. I'm I'm all here for look, I guess that's what we call growth on here, but then I have a feeling that none of this will last long. So I I love temporary growth though. Yeah. Fast <laughs> forward to next episode where she's so drunk she falls on her face and everyone's trying right. to hold her up. <laughs> I, I'm so excited for that episode because, like, I don't know what is causing all of that, but I'm wondering if Bill is as drunk as she is, or like, what's going on? Because I'm, I'm all for drunk Jennifer, but oh my god, be able to stand up at least. <laughs> totally. I wonder how much of it is just the stress of COVID and of. So she got COVID. I remember oh it like in the beginning. Oh. I remember that mm-hmm. when she had it and she was like quarantined in her house away from her family because Bill didn't That's have it right. and mm-hmm. her kids didn't have it and she tested positive. And then she's taking care of her dad who's not living with the mom and right. they're arguing. And so, I mean, there's just a lot of stress to deal with plus five children. <laughs> Can I just say, I <laughs> one of the things that I love is just like, I love the fact that Jennifer is just the person that's like, you know what, dad, mom is just yelling too much. Just, just you're moving in with me. Just come on. It's like, is that, is that how it works? Or okay. Like I get, I'll go along with that. Okay. She's just like, yeah, dad, just, just come over here. You're not going to live over there anymore with mom. She yells way too much for me. I love that. I just love that her part of her storyline is like forcing her parents to do things that they probably don't want to do, but are happy right. that they have the chance to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Cause last season with her brother and her mom, that was definitely forced. Right. Oh God. But I kind of love that because it always leads to like the, I guess the results she wants. Cause like her and her brother, her mom and her brother ended up like forging this great relationship afterwards. And they're having these open conversations according to her at the, the reunion. So I'm kind of here for it. Maybe, maybe Jennifer is the soothsayer that we didn't know existed in reality TV. <laughs> but at the I'm same like, okay. time, like I was so happy to see her stick up for her brother and support mm-hmm. LGBTQ families. But then she's also so backwards in other ways. So it's like, yeah. hey, if you've like moved forward on this issue, why are you still <laughs> like stuck in ni- the 1950s about right. sexual assaults and you know, consent. Cause like right. Margaret's story. Yeah. She was in her early twenties. Her boss was 20 years older than her. He mm-hmm. had her over and, you know, pressured her to sleep with him. Like mm-hmm. that is not fully consent. That's not enthusiastic right. consent that there's like a right. power imbalance, you know, mm-hmm. and she's saying, Oh, some things you take to your grave, like being ashamed of it, just like being ashamed of being gay, that doesn't help anyone not to talk about it. It actually makes it right. so much worse. Uh-huh. So I just that- don't understand with like her and her brain, how it works, like what things are okay to discuss and what uh-huh. things aren't, you know, in a, this probably is going to be like the most random connection, but she kind of, in a way reminds me of heavenly on married to okay. medicine. Some, it's yes. such a weird connection, but like, follow me a little bit. You know, it's like okay. So I'm only on season three, so I've only seen one full season of Heavenly, and then about half okay. of the season. So I'm at the part where she, you know she always but talks you about know sub- enough <laughs> of submitting to her husband, but then yes. when they talk about what that means, it doesn't actually sound like submission. 
it's really <laughs> weird. But then like she changes the definitions and it's it's right? the craziest thing ever because she's like, you know, first of all, you know, she doesn't call him Dame and she calls him daddy. So she's like, you know, daddy, I have to, you know, I, when my man comes home, I've cooked for him. I'm going to do this for my man. and I'm doing that for my man. And, you know, all like this. And she's basically saying that her and she's like said, like point blank, my man is going to be the head of the household and he's going to do this and that. And I'm always going to be submissive to him. But then like in other aspects of her life, she's so progressive in like a lot of things so it like it's we it's not i don't know if it's weird but it's like maybe a paradox i don't know it's it's a little conflicting like as a viewer like watching it it's like oh wow like you're so like not antiquated but you're so like how i wouldn't imagine you to be in your relationship but then in other things you're so like ridiculously progressive and i feel like that's how jen aiden is sometimes too or yes. No, that's a really like good. Margaret. No, that's a really good comparison. But I also yeah. think she doesn't like Margaret. I think she right. judges Margaret for being mm-hmm. open about having had an affair and yes. marrying that man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know what? She's just not her letting Teresa, it go. <laughs> right. Her and Teresa are not going to let a bone go. Like at all then or a sudden says she's not gonna let the mouse go at a lot of different occasions i think that Teresa still mad at jackie about that whole uh if you could control joe thing or in that in that whole you know making fun of her possibly cheating thing last year and i think that jennifer never got over the false accusations of bill aiden like stepping out and sleeping on the couch and all that kind of stuff they're really like two peas in a pod if you think about it so maybe i don't know there, there might be we might need to start a a psychology podcast together and like, <laughs> look at like <laughs> why are they the way they are right <laughs> whereas jackie I, with her logic at least i understand mm-hmm. it like she makes right. sense to me like i know mm-hmm. why she behaves the way she does all right. of it lines up. So I'm only left confused by some of the others. Right. And you know what? That's almost kind of out of place in Jersey too, because I feel like they've like historically not made sense for so long that like finally having a practical character sometimes is like, Oh, you're, you're making sense. Wait a minute. <laughs> how do I, I don't know how to handle that on this show. Almost. It's like on uh Potomac sometimes when like, Every now and then, like Robin Dixon just like comes in. And she's yeah, I was just gonna like, say Robin. You know, right, she just comes in, and just like makes a lot of sense. It's like, huh? I forget that exists on reality TV sometimes. That, but like, then people actually Robin make sense about stuff. forgets to pay ninety thousand in taxes. Right, and then I'm like, alrighty, <laughs> now I remember. Now I remember right. why you're on the show. Like now we're back. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just it's so funny. Um, but with Jackie, I just. I know there's people who think that she's too boring or she's too much like the viewers or anything like that. But without Jackie and her clash with this old school thinking and her clash between like making sense and those who aren't making sense, like Mm -hmm. what would we have? Right. I'm here. Like I'm all for, so like I was, I've been historically one of those people. I'm just like, it wasn't that I didn't like Jackie or that I love Jackie. I was always just kind of, indifferent to her like she didn't bother me on the show so like i wasn't like advocating to kick her off or you know like any of that kind of stuff but this see i'm i'm loving like i love when like kind of sleeper cast members like come all the way alive and are like at the forefront of everything one season because i'm like oh i feel like i'm 
meeting a whole new character without having to learn someone new's name, <laughs> which is the the best of both worlds. So I'm I'm happy that like she's she's in the thick of it. I wish that my my only problem with her this season, I was like, you could have like been you could have definitely like been given Teresa, you know, like big dog energy, like going head up, but you gotta go on the cast trip. You gotta go because then you know, like they the cast trips are so like it's everyone literally in one place. So like, obviously that's going to get the bulk of the airtime on the show. And so when you have like that many strong personalities on one show, you might tend to forget that, like, not that you've like forgotten or disliked Jackie, but you might forget that like, she's not there because like, there's so much energy being pulled into one place. So it's almost like, I just feel like you got to go on the cast trip. Like no matter what franchise or what cast member, you always got to go on a cast trip. Totally. I agree. I just I do know it was only twenty four hours like before where right, they got literally that huge the next blow day. up. So <laughs> it'd be different if there was a few more days, I think, to cool off, but just because it was the mm-hmm. next day, I feel like and it's her real life family and her real life children. Right. Like I'm trying to be empathetic. But with Jackie, I mean, I saw this coming because she kept poking holes in Teresa's like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even know what in everything Teresa said. And then Mm -hmm. would look around and be like, come on, guys. Like, this is crazy, right? right?" (laughs) And then, you know, it was two years of that. And finally, in her third year, she's like, fuck this. This, She doesn't make any sense. Like, (laughs) you know? Right. Exactly. It's just (laughs) wild. And then Teresa went after her, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just different. It's Teresa. It's just like, I get it, Teresa. You heard this rumor, but literally at the birthday party, like really, like you couldn't wait to the next day to spread the rumor or like you really had to do it at his birthday party. Like that's I couldn't imagine like me like spending money on all these people, like for a big sit down dinner and like someone is going like person to person like, you know, he cheats on his wife. right? You know, he cheats on his wife. It's like, wait a minute. What is happening right now? Like, why are you doing this? So I, I definitely get the anger. But it, I don't know. There, oh God, <laughs> I'm wondering. I wonder if this is going to be the the kind of crux of the entire season, or do you think we're going to move into some other stuff? I hope we move into some other stuff, right? Yeah, I feel like this is sort of the beginning because because the, the trailer was so explosive that mm-hmm. I feel like there just there has to be more, right? And I wasn't expecting to get as much in the first episode as we got, so it's right. just kind of like. Whoa! So I'm no matter where they go, I'm I'm excited to see it at least. Who yeah, knows? I'm interested. I like when Joe Garga gets mad. Yeah, <laughs> we know for, we know that Joe Giudice is coming to be the villain. <laughs> I know we can we can always count on the the Gorga Giudice to flip some tables or to throw some silverware to pound some. Just we can always expect some explosive reactions out of them. So as much as I shouldn't like it, I kind of love it. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but kind of love it. I don't know. I know. I mean, he's single-handedly keeping Melissa a housewife. And, listen, don't even get me started. That's been, <laughs> that is like my one like soapbox that I always climb on about New Jersey. I'm always like, oh my God, Melissa, like if you're going to give us a storyline, you got to give me something I can believe and I want to follow all year long. Cause sometimes 
Melissa comes out and she's like, oh, my God, I, I think I grew a third leg last night. And it's like, no, that's that's not a storyline. Like, what are we doing here? Like the whole like long lost sister and someone it was, it was like, OK. And then maybe having a baby like none of that is right. is happening. It's, so no. can we find something real now? Like she finds herself kind of in the middle of this like nexus of this crazy Gorga family. And mm-hmm. all of their drama and, you know, mishaps and everything. And I think she's found a really good way to be supportive of Teresa while also mm-hmm. having friendships with others, you know, yes. and then making mm-hmm. Teresa think that there really is a bond there. But every mm-hmm. once in a while, she expects something of Teresa. And that's when she gets bit <laughs> in the ass because you can't expect anything of Teresa. Teresa is someone who just like takes and takes and takes and never mm-hmm. gives. It's, it's, I always get shocked when I hear people like, well, I don't know. I expected Teresa to do this and that. It's like, have y'all not watched this show? Like, what are we watching the same show? Because like, I mean, I get it. I we all expect things, but that's probably not going to happen, right? Like, I don't. What you're expecting a lot out of her, and I don't think that that's gonna that's gonna give a lot for you. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know, Kendrick. (laughs) (laughs) What's the next Housewives franchise that's coming on? Is it going to be Beverly Hills, New York? Those are the two people have been asking about online. He says we'll get the trailers before the summer. So I'm guessing they'll both premiere in the summer. So, oh, God, I'm kind of in a way I'm kind of hoping for New York first, just because they are the ones with like the new like they have their still like strong players. But then they have two brand new fresh faces. And I love when we get more than one new housewife on a show because I feel like that's like a dynamic changer and I'm ready to I'm ready to see New York and they they've historically done good with adding new cast members like doing these big casting changes so I'm excited to see what they give Get whatever you give and I'm I'm buying <laughs> I'm ready it also feels it. like your favorite pair of jeans or like your mm-hmm. favorite sweatpants like it just feels so right to see Sonia on my screen yes. like Sonia Ramona and Luann are just mm-hmm. so classic they never yes. change nothing changes them nothing in the outside world changes them and right with everything that's changed over the last year and changed in our lives it's nice to have something consistent right oh my <laughs> god <laughs> Say that again. My God. Like <laughs> We're just we clinging to any normalcy we have. <laughs> on Sonia being Sonia. You yes. know? Getting we can always stuck. count on Ramona being Ramona, right. too. So. <laughs> right. Getting stuck in a spa in Palm Springs and being there for months. <laughs> months during COVID. Oh, my God. I'm excited to hear her perspective on that, too. That's going to be ridiculous i'm i'm so excited and then i love both of the women they've added ebony and Brashawn. i love both of them so like i'm excited to like see them in this dynamic because like ebony oh my god i love like seeing her argue with people like on t because you know she's a lawyer so her she's always like got that point of view where she'll tell you how it is never like rudely but she'll always tell you exactly how it is why it should be this way this and that so i'm excited to see that kind of personality 
with someone like Ramona who's like, uh-uh, nope, I don't, sorry, don't see it that way. Nope, uh, I know that's rational, but nope, not doing it. Nope, I'm like, oh, God. That's a perfect Ramona impression. <laughs> I hope that people are excited, though, about a lawyer because I feel like maybe mm. it has to do with the fact that people don't like Jackie, but people are like, mm. oh, what? why would a lawyer join Housewives? Why would a lawyer do this? And it's like, yeah. okay, well, Emily Simpson's a lawyer, too. Like, right. <laughs> not all we lawyers have are created for, <laughs> Right. <laughs> we had Phaedra down there in Atlanta for a year or so. Yeah. We've seen them before. I don't We've know seen them before. Know, we, we'll give her a chance. I'm, I'm ready. To, at this point. I feel like Bravo has done such a good job with casting this past year. Like every single, like I, I love Wendy on Potomac. I love Garcelle and Sutton in Beverly Hills. I loved uh, Leah in New York. I love Tiffany in Dallas. Like they've done some great and Jer- I f- Jersey has like found their niche. Like I love this cast. So like th- no need to change that anytime soon. I love that cast. Keep it going. So like I'm confident that like if they said that Bershawn and Ebony are good in New York, I'm 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 Team Bravo. I'm with you. I'm 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 sure they're great in New York, and I love them. So here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm so ready for the excited, ride. especially since they only announced one of them. Maybe it was Ebony. And then mm-hmm. later at the end of filming was when they announced the other. So it was like, oh, so someone was probably going to be a friend of and was good enough yep. to be a housewife. Like that means more to me than even yes. the first announced cast person. It's like, yes. oh, they underestimated you, girl. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I love that so much because that's like that reminds me of. Uh, do you remember when Claudia Jordan was on Atlanta? Do you remember she was I like, have a few was... missing seasons. So I started watching oh, okay. Atlanta season mm-hmm. eight and I went back and watched. Oh, she was I literally think, season seven. <laughs> four. Okay. I was like, I watched like yeah. a lot from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then um I like stopped with Hulu. <laughs> right. And then I started with Hulu again, but I forgot where I missed and so I have like a couple seasons mm-hmm. that are missing with Atlanta in gotcha. which certain things don't make sense to me. And I need to, um, I also have, I think, like, one or two missing seasons of New York. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if you missed, like, some of the... I missed Aviva season. I was going to say the the Heather (laughs) Aviva Carol year. I have, because I started watching so many of these shows, like, later on. And then Uh I went back to the beginning, and I just haven't made it the whole way through. But I am going to make it the whole way through Married to Medicine. That is one I am not letting go go of. There you go. Stick I've never felt, and so I have a good. friend I'm watching it with, and so mm. she comes over on the weekend, and we binge, and then like is- I have to hold on the whole week without watching oh until she comes over <laughs> again. <laughs> like it's something that we're doing through our like quarantine right now. Mm-hmm. So that's literally like the definition of bittersweet. Like yeah, the weekends are amazing. Then during the week, you're like, ah, I wish but I could it's just so press play. fun to watch with her because we laugh at the yes. same shit. Like we, there was like this one time that we were both laughing. We had to like stop it, and it was it was so <laughs> stupid. It was when Simone and um, Jackie were laughing at Quad's puppy couture line, and they just so, were like at the hospital in their scrubs, like just cracking why up. do i know exactly what scene you're talking about <laughs> someone posted that on instagram probably like 
a month or so ago and i literally had to save it in my like my save because it made me laugh so hard for some reason just like them cracking up in front of this like lunch bench about this puppy couture line jackie's like wait excuse me what is i mean i had tears tears that were rolling down my cheeks i was laughing so hard we had to pause we're like what is this and then when they when they rolled that footage during the reunion I mean, Ninquad was so angry. It's just like, can you not see why this is funny? This is funny. Quad, it's it funny. <laughs> oh my God. I'm glad you said that. I have to like that one scene, I like posted it to my stories one day because for some reason it made me laugh so hard because Jackie is just like so straight faced and she's like, wait. What is she doing? Like, what what business did she come up with? It's like, we have to go to this? Right. (laughs) If if y'all are listening to this and you still haven't started Married to Medicine, you need to go start it right now. Like, it is, oh my God, it's so good. Season one, episode one, out of the gate, amazing. Yes. Oh my God, so good. Oh my gosh. Kendrick, it was so fun having you on. Please tell everyone where they can find your podcast and where they can find you in social media. Oh my God. Okay. So on Instagram, I am at Housewives Marvel Podcast. You can find me, you know, use the link in the bio. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I am me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2. I do uh, pop culture episodes where I do, you know, start off giving y'all a little pop culture. Then I go right into the reality shows that I've watched that week. I do all the Bravo shows. I do Married at First Sight. I do uh, uh, The Bachelor. Like all this just random stuff that like cracks me up during the week. And then I also do bonus episodes that come out on Saturdays. So if you're a Marvel fan, I've been doing WandaVision. I'm about to do Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So just come and laugh with me and love with me and fuss with me. Just do come do everything with me as soon as you find me on Instagram. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Have a good rest of your night. Thank you. Also, you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.